0: Jesus tells the disciples uh, that he's going away in verse, chapter 13, 33, And he says, where I am going, you cannot come. Now that, that hits him like a ton of bricks. Judas has already gone out to betray the Son of Man. Then we go on. Simon Peter said, whoa, whoa, wherever you're going, I'm going. Even if it costs me my life, Jesus says, Peter, let me fill you in on something. You're going to deny me tonight three times. Before the night's over, you will deny me three times, which I'm sure Peter is in shock. The other disciples are in shock. Their treasurer is bailed out. Their spokesman is going to deny. And their Messiah is going away. So he sees the condition of the response. Troubles in the heart. Tells them five things to comfort them. Don't be troubled. Believe in God. In my father's house are many dwelling places. I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again for you. Where I am, you shall be. Now, him saying, I go, I prepare a way. These disciples, he expects them to know. They should know, but they don't know. And so, we pick up verse 4. And you know the way where I'm going. No, they don't. You should know the way, and this is the key thought here, the way, the way to the Father's house. How can I get there? I want to speak on uh, how to get to the Father's house. Uh, a number one question, if I was to go on to, uh, let, let's go back to Larry King. Uh, I liked him better, okay? Uh, let's go to a talk show, and the question is thrown out. Uh, King did it all the time. We would set up uh, Billy Graham, Joel Osteen, different ones. John MacArthur, Dave Brickner, so different ones interviewed. And he'd throw out a question like this, uh, uh, who's going to heaven? Who's going to heaven? Well, uh, most of the audience would say, why everybody, except a guy that You know, really, really was bad. But, uh, and then, this is what he'd often do to people like MacArthur and others. He'd ask a question like this. "Uh, Do you think Jews are going to heaven? Mm -hmm. And Joel Osteen danced around it and said, well, everybody can wind up there. He blew it. One time, Billy Graham was sloppy. John MacArthur was not sloppy. Dave Brickner for Jews for Jesus simply said, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. No one goes to heaven but through Jesus. It doesn't matter what your ethnicity is. It matters who you're trusting. But imagine being on the uh, TV and wanting to uh, win friends and influence people And all of a sudden you say, I don't think any of you in the audience are going to heaven right now, but we sure love you. And uh, so they walk out. You're intolerant. You're dogmatic. Uh, You act like you've got a monopoly. Uh, Wow, you talk about the offense. It just starts all over the place. And then you do this in evangelism. EE e. taught us in Evangelism Explosion, the lead question was uh, if you were to die, if you were to die, and you will, and you come before God the Father, and He should ask you, why should I let you into heaven? And what do you think the most common answer, nine out of ten times, is? What's that? I'm a good person. I don't even belong to a gang, don't even have a tattoo. Oh, I mean, no, that's really messing. No, but you know, I'm clean. I'm clean. If you knew the folks I know, you know I'm a good person. I'm good enough to go to ahead. You, you mean you're good enough, you think just Yeah, I said, I'm good enough. I'm going to heaven. And so uh, the answer to the question is not simple. And believe me, it's only us who've been raised on the Bible and uh, evangelicalism uh, even get close to it. In liberal Protestantism, uh, the answer isn't clear. They don't have an answer. They do not. Uh, Robert Schuller didn't have an answer. He was being interviewed by a uh, Presbyterian named Michael Horton, who wrote a book Christless Christianity. And he asked uh, uh, Robert Schuller, tell me about your new book. What's the name of it? Self-esteem, the new reformation. Self-esteem. And what's your thesis? That what man does not need to hear about is sin. He needs to be assured of his own worth and self-esteem. He said the Reformation was too theocentric, too God-centric, and we've got to have a Reformation that makes it man-centered so that people discover self-worth, self-esteem, self-fulfillment. This is the new gospel. Uh, Michael, while interviewing uh, Robert Schuler whose understudy would be a Joel Osteen and others that can talk all day and never mention the gospel, uh, never mention sin. Don't mention sin. That's a bad word. Uh, it may offend your audience. Michael uh, said something like this. <clears throat> well, what about 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, that says, uh, in the last days, men will be killers disobedient to parents, lovers of pleasure, lovers of money, lovers of themselves, more than lovers of God. Without a moment's hesitation, Shuler simply said to Michael, you dare not ever preach that because you'll offend a lot of beautiful people. That's what he said on the broadcast. Dare not say that to people. People are not that way. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. And then there is a new movement. They did a study, Christian Smith and Marcia Whitten, out of uh, North Carolina University. They did a study on teenagers in evangelical churches. And they wanted to find out where they were, uh, what impact uh, the church and Christianity was having on them. And uh, they diagnosed them, and they came up with this diagnosis. They they are basically have bought into moralistic, therapeutic deism. Moralistic, uh, live a good life. Therapeutic, uh, discover your self-esteem, life coach, self-direction, self-fulfillment, self-self, not God-centric, deism. And by deism, they mean there is a God out there. But I'm not talking about the God of the book of Romans. I'm not talking about the God that is angry with sin. I'm not talking about the God that has wrath. I don't accept that God. I just say there's a God. Five things they say, five things in this study. And I would just recommend you to read Christless Christianity by Michael uh, Horton, and you'll find this. Uh, I quote him from page, uh, let me give you the exact page so you know I'm not making this up. Uh, Page 41. This is what he says when they did the study. Young people, what do you think about God? What is Christianity to you? First, God created the world. Good. Good. Uh, A lot of theistic evolutionists that say there's a God, but he created by evolution. Very common today. Two, God wants people to be good, nice, and fair to each other as taught by the Bible and all world religions. We should be good, be nice people. Three, the central goal of life is to be happy and to feel good about oneself. Thus, the therapeutic model. Make me feel good. Don't tell me I'm guilty. Don't tell me I'm to blame. Don't tell me I should repent. Don't tell me it could be my fault. And don't tell me that there's guilt for my sins because I want to be guilt-free, I've got to be guilt-free, and I'll pay a therapist to get me in that condition. Fourthly, God does not need to be particularly involved in one's life, notice, except when needed to resolve a problem. I don't want him to be Lord. I don't want him to direct my life. For sure, he's not telling me to go to a missing field. Uh-uh, honey. I have been saved for the good life. And if there's not comfort and pleasure, it couldn't be the will of God for me. And if God doesn't give me a baby, if he doesn't give me a boyfriend, if he doesn't give me a girlfriend, if he doesn't give me a job, I'm walking. God can't keep me around without meeting my every wondering desire. You see, God, you better be glad you got me. Instead of God, you are this great, awesome, holy person that could incinerate me in a moment. No, 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 no. You must be a cosmic Santa Claus to satisfy my every wandering desire. This is the report. It's right out. This is written up in the study. Fifth thing is, and here's very common, And I guarantee we have people sitting here right now, you believe this statement. You truly believe it. It's why you've never been saved. Their final statement is, good people go to heaven. Good people go to heaven. Well, uh, let me just, no sermon is complete without Romans. (laughs) Turn to Romans 3. Romans 3. The Gentiles were the bad boys. No morals, no true religion, no word from God. They were the bad, bad people. The good people were the Jews. And this is what he's saying in Romans 1 through 3. But he concludes, watch this, in verse 9 of chapter 3. What then? Are we better than they, we Jews, are we better than the Gentiles? Not at all. For we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks and Americans and white boys, black boys, brown, yellow, and besides boys, girls, are all under sin. And what that means under sin, under the liability to sin, under the penalty that comes with sin. Watch. There is none righteous, Bob Shuler. Not even your grandma. Our righteousness is as filthy rags, Isaiah said. Now this is, he's quoting right out of the There's none righteous, no not one. Wait, wait, wait. I'm a nice person. Don't doubt that. Stay that way. It's great. Are you nice enough to go to heaven without a Savior? That's the issue. Moralism. Keep the Sermon on the Mount. Belong to the the nice clubs. Look good. Look good. I'm a nice guy. Here he said there's none righteous. This is the absolute standard of God. Uh, We use the illustration, all have fallen short of the glory of God. You know, if you're a run and a broad jumper, a good broad jumper could probably, from here at this elevation, I think he would reach McGill easy. Uh, they could do that. Let's say, man, it would be a horrendous leap to reach Adam down the third row. But some guys, I believe, could do it. I don't know what's the furthest uh, broad jump, especially running jump. Uh, they can go, they can fly. But I said, well, the standard is you've got to jump from Pier 39 to Alcatraz. Go. Go. Well, I could out jump you. I believe you. But you're still going to drown. You didn't reach it. You, you can't jump that far, can you? The best of men fall short of the glory of God. The best of men. So... There is none who understands. Hey, I'm a PhD. None understands God. Because the princes of this world crucified Christ in all their smartness because they didn't know God's wisdom was being displayed in Christ. And they killed him. The princes of this age killed the Son of God in all their so-called wisdom. Uh, There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together, they become useless. There's none who does good. There is not even one that includes you and I. There is none from God's point of view. So keep comparing yourself with your worst friends. Your worst members of your family say, I'm man, I'm good compared to them. I believe you. I believe you. Now let's compare you to God. There's the standard. That, not your neighbor. Not your in-laws that you regret. You were born in the family. You inherit them. Be good to them. But God, with God. Now to answer this question, of all these ways that people think they can go to heaven. If I do good works, if if I'm religious to the tip of my fingernails, I'll go to heaven. That's exactly what the Jews said. We will work to keep the law and achieve our own righteousness apart from Christ. And they missed it by a 1,000 miles, Romans 10, 1 through 4. They would not accept the righteousness that comes by faith And received as a gift they said no we were circumcised keep Sabbath eat kosher and despise Gentiles and we are Abraham's descendants we're going to heaven missed it missed it and they've been missing it for nearly 2,000 years God's righteousness came packaged in a man Christ that they said this can't be it this no I got to earn it and some of you You'd like to think you'd go to heaven if we just told you 10 things to do, you would do it like that. Because you like the idea, I earned it. Now, we're going to look at three ways you get to the Father's house, three descriptions. Number one, Jesus is the way to the Father's house. Number two, uh, and in that, Jesus prepares the way to the house. Number two, Jesus is the person who gets you to the house. It's not a path. It's a person. Thirdly, Jesus is the only path, the only person that can get you to heaven. None other can do it. Let's look at what ought to be just common to us. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare the way or prepare a place for you. As we looked at it last week, it was not to prepare the geography or the room. That already existed. In my Father's house are many dwellings already. That's where we're going. The preparing it was, I've got to go by means of a cross. I've got to bear your sins. I've got to pay for your sins to ever get you into the Father's house. That's the way I'm going to prepare the place. Not over there, but where I'm going within 12 hours on a tree outside of Jerusalem. The cross is how he prepared the way for hell-deserving sinners to go to the Father's house. The empty grave is the way He prepared the way, and Hebrews 10 said, He has prepared a new and living way into the presence of God. This is brand new, Jesus telling a man or a woman, I will take you to heaven. He promised Abraham land. He promised Abraham a posterity. But he didn't just come out and say, I'm going to take you to heaven, Abraham. He promised in Palestine. Palestine. But us, sinners, I am going to take you to the Father's house based upon what I do tomorrow on the cross. That is the way that was prepared for you. Christ had to die. He had to take your place to get you to the place. He had to empty the throne of his rightful place And take his place on a tree in which he was considered under a divine curse, for he was. For God made him to be your sin in a moment that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus Christ prepared the way, and it was by way of the cross. That is, and this is the offense to the world. How can some Jew in Palestine 2,000 years ago think he could get me into the Father's house? He said, I am the way and I'm the path. He goes on secondly to say, ah, the path to the city is a person. The person of Christ is the way to the city. And he clarifies it. I am not only the way. He goes on to say, I'm the truth and the life. But the emphasis is on the way. I'm the way. He didn't say I'm a way or a truth or a life. In the Greek, it's got a definite article. I am the way, the only way. I am the truth, the only truth that gets you to the Father's house. I am the life, the only life that can get you to the Father's house. What's this? I am the way. Back in the garden, we lost our way. They're running around hiding after their sin, guilt, and shame has gripped them. Their conscience is smitten. They become afraid of the God that they daily had fellowship with. Now man is running. The human race is like a drunk man on a London night with fog in the city and all the lights out. He's staggering through history, and he can't find his way. All we, like sheep, have gone astray, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Man, whether you know it or not, he's lost. He doesn't know where to go. He doesn't know where to get help, so he'll pay any price to any guru that says they can get him well. He doesn't know the way to the city. He doesn't know who can get him to the city. And he may, he may, have become so deceived by Satan, he has no awareness there is a place. He's just trying to live and have all of his heaven on earth now, not knowing hell awaits him. The person that can get you to the city is called the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way. I think of what they did in Genesis 11. Men said, we want to go to heaven so bad that they went into a massive building program and began to build a ziggurat towards the heavens. And they built, and they built, and they built. We're going to reach the heavens on our own effort. And God came down. He confused their language. He scattered them all over the earth. And your one-world effort to get to heaven on your own might and strength is forever shattered. Now we can't even understand each other. We're scattered. All efforts to reach heaven on your own will fail. There's only one person that can get you to the city. He's also called the truth. And by the word truth, there's several Hebrew concepts. That means the reality Uh, the reliable God. It was used of being faithful, reliable. He is the reliable revealer of who God is. He gives the full explanation of God's heart, God's plan for God was brought out in open discovery in Jesus. He is the revelation of God. He is the truth about God. You must know. He, I have life in myself, he said. I am the resurrection and the life. First John says, he that has the Son has eternal life. He is the truth. He's the truth. I think sometimes uh, people, they're on this quest for knowledge. They read everything to find out about God, religion, and all the time they're staggering over Christ. The Gnostics were a group that said there's hidden knowledge. Uh, Only the initiates can know. There's secrets to knowing God, and we have them. You must come to our meetings. There's secret seances. And we have the formula for knowing God, like some lodges. We got formulas, secret oaths, secret talk that we are on the know about things. Jesus says, I came and I disclosed God. I put him on open preview. I've been doing his works. I've been honoring his name. I've done works that no man, I've done all the prophets said. I fulfilled all of them. I am the revelation by which you get to the city and by which when you see the Father, you'll say, why? You look exactly like Jesus said. And the Father would say, he's the complete manifestation of all I am in a body. All the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in Jesus. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. all oh, right right there. The only thing, he robed his glory so, it, so he wouldn't burn you up. Moses only got to see the edge of God's skirt as he went by. He never could stand in the presence of God in full glory. In Jesus, he veiled it so much. You're beholding God, Thomas, and you don't even know it. All God can be without consuming you in fire is revealed in Jesus. And I am the life. You lost your life, human race, at the garden. I said, if you sin, you'll die. And men and women are born dead to God. You weren't born a Christian. You were not born a Christian. And I don't care how much you were sprinkled at the font as a baby. It didn't make you a Christian. It made you wet. It did not make you a Christian. There's not one verse in the Bible that says sprinkle a baby and it saves. What the reformers did They saw Abraham, and on the eighth day, they circumcised their boys, made them a part of the covenant, and they brought it right over to Protestantism. They said, let's baptize our babies and set them apart from being pagan and heathen, and this puts them within the covenant. No such thing. I wish it were true. I'd baptize all my kids as soon as they were eight days old. Even a baptized infant has to come to a point receive Christ for themselves your mama can't save you your daddy can't save you and water can't save you you got to go to the one way only a person can save you and it's Jesus Christ a person see I know Jesus can get you to heaven because the first thing he did on the cross is he told a guy that never joined the church, never got baptized, and never did one good deed in his life, by the way, I'll see you today in paradise because you put your faith in me. You said, I'm the son of God. The church is full of moralism. If you're good enough, good enough, you do enough good deeds, give enough offerings, get baptized five times, be on 15 committees, none of it saves. None of it saves. Jesus saves Jesus saves hear me we could easily be a non born again church you come here because we got good donuts we'll put more fat on you than any church in the area get you loaded with sugar and coffee and try to keep you spiritual no 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 It, it won't work you must you must you must be born again you must you must You must put your faith in Christ. He said, I'm the person that gets you to the city, not a religion, not a religion, not a preacher, not an offering. Me, Jesus, I'm the one going to the cross. I paid the price. I can get anyone in that city I want. Thief, you're coming with me. You're coming with me. To forever tell us religionists and us Pharisees. You don't have to do all the things we tell people they got to do. You got to put your trust in Jesus. He, when you come in the gospel, there's no conditions. There's no promises. You have to, the gospel is all promises of what God will do for you. And he's not signing you up for anything. Can you accept his son? If you can do that, you can go to the city. You can go to the city. Anathema on all of the Gospels. Christ plus nothing. I said Christ plus nothing. Faith plus nothing. You say, well, you're going to live like a hellion. I want to tell you, I've known him over 50 years, and there's not enough energy in me to raise any hell. I'm living for Christ. I love Christ. You actually fall in love with the one you accept. I didn't love him when I got saved. I didn't love him. I came to him because I was scared to death of him. I didn't come because I loved him. No, no, not on your life. I was afraid of going to hell because I was. I was afraid of his wrath. I was afraid of how I was living as a little punk kid. I ran to him. Spare me hell. Get me into the city. I want to go to the city. I want to go to the city. And I could only get it in you. I can't get it anywhere else. Little Richard can't get me there. No can, that's domino. I've got to get a Savior. I need somebody that can save me. Now, he either can or he's a liar. He said, I am the way to the city. I'll pay everything necessary. I'll pay your rent for eternity at the cross. My rent's paid. I'm going to heaven not because I'm a good Christian. I'm going to heaven because my faith is in a wonderful Savior. That's what's saved. That's what's sweet. Then he says that thing that uh, we all wish we could tone down. And that is uh, Thomas says to him, "Uh, Lord, we don't know the way You, you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth. And the life, and since i have just one of many ways, uh, check it in on me in case your therapist can't help you, in case your religious affiliations or in case the lodge can't get you there, in case you can't keep the ten commandments. No, 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 no one, no one comes to the Father but through me. Hey, 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 hey. That's exclusivism. Who does God think he is? God. This is the offense of Christianity. This is why world religions can't stand to have us at the table. This is why Larry King would surprise friars in front of audiences saying, you guys say uh, there's only one way to heaven. Uh, the Bible says it. The Bible says it. Well, that, that can't be. Who do you think you are? Well, I was, I was going to hell when I read this. I didn't, I didn't write it up because I don't know how to get you to the city. But the one that says he knows how to get me to the Father's house said, I am the only door to the city. It's kind of like the rain starts and the, the earth opens up because, you know, in the flood. It said that the earth, all the subterranean waters were unleashed and came up. The heavens unleashed. I mean, look at this flooding going on in Canada now if you see the weather in the Midwest. God can send a lot of rain. And uh, guess what the antediluvian world could have said? You know what? There's another door over here. I'm getting on it. Went there. There were no other boats. You know, they never made a boat. A boat had never existed up to this time. It never rained on the earth. People didn't know what uh sea craft were. They were always just earth dwellers. And you can run here to your neighbors and say, I'm safe. And then the water just keeps rising. Rising. Then you go a little higher ground. I like stay here. I could stay there. But there was only one door on all the face of the earth you could go through that would save you. Exclusive door, just one. And it's been pitched over. And it's been made according to dimensions. And for 120 years, the neighbors heckled the man that built it. You stupid fool. Why build something to float, and we've never seen a drop of rain in history. But when the waters came and when wrath came, there was only one door on the whole face of the earth that could give you refuge. Jesus said, I am the door to the sheepfold. I am the door to the ark. I am the ark. You you can search. You can go to Mohammed. You can run to Islam. You can run to Buddhists. You can run to New Age. You can run to philosophy. You can run to all your good works and all your clubs. I am the only one that can save you from the wrath of God and take you to the Father's house. Me. Me. Now, that statement is exclusive and dogmatic. J. Vernon McGee, when he's pastoring Church of the Open Door, a UCLA student came and, and took him on for how narrow Christianity was and heard this verse. He said, yeah, that's what's wrong with Christianity. It's exclusive. You guys act like you're the only ones that know. You act like you've got a monopoly or something. And uh, you're dogmatic. He said, that's what I don't like about Christianity. It's dogmatic. Truth is always dogmatic. Now, some of you are dogmatic, and you're all mixed up. You're just bullheaded. And and, and you're unteachable. I believe that way, and that's where it's going to be. And, And you call that conviction. No, that's just stubborn. You're acting like a fool in Proverbs, can't teach you a thing. And so you suffer a lot in life because you're so thick-headed, you don't learn easy. And he said the fool has to be beaten. He has to have stripes. You've got to you gotta bruise him. And he still doesn't get it. But he said the naive that are watching, he learns from the way the fools getting the beating. So he gets a little smarter. That's why if you run around with some peers, be sure you run with the fools because they can get the beating and you learn the lesson. <laughs> but usually they get you to act like a fool. That's the problem with peer pressure. But the guy said, you know, uh, you're so dogmatic, so dogmatic, so exclusive. McGee said, you know what, when I went through college and I was taking uh, math and different classes, he said, I had one of the most dogmatic math teachers. She always said that two plus two equaled four. Matter of fact, my bank is just as dogmatic. They say 2 minus 2 equals 0, and that represents my account. And, and they just don't seem to change. They, I mean, come on, we're in a technological. You've got to get updated in math. You've got to change this. 2 plus 2 can't keep equal. Aren't you current? What's the new addition mark? Oh, it's dogmatic. It's always been 4. It's always been four. But people, when you talk about things eternal and things they can't get in a test tube and things you want to just philosophize about, see, they didn't go to the cross. They didn't pay the price. And so when they hear this, uh, how dare you? We're just religious experts. There's got to be more. We're all sincere good people trying to find our own way. And Jesus says, That's it. there's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is death. Because being sincere doesn't make it the right way. There is a way that seems right, but you wake up, you're not where you started out. And there's a lot of people, I'm afraid, even religious kind, that are going to come before Jesus and saying, Lord, Lord. Did we not operate in your name? We were in the church business. We cast out demons. We took offerings, and we healed folks. you got to let us in. He said, you didn't come through the door. You came up another way. You're just racketeers. You're just in it for the religious business. You're a religious crook. You never came through the door. You're wolves in sheep's clothing. Your your religious jargon sounds good, and I may have even let some preaching you did save people. I might have even done some things, but you yourself are not saved. Lord, Lord. Doesn't that sound sweet? They got the right theology. He's Lord. He is Lord. Yeah. Man, you got it down. No, but I don't know him. I don't know him. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me. Any of you that don't like preachers, hear me. I'm a Christian first. I don't have to be a preacher. But I know him. And don't you dare ever take on that for me. You could fire me as the pastor, but you can't fire me from Jesus. I know him. I know him. I know the son. I met the son as a kid. South Richmond, you can't take that away from me. And that, I don't have to be a preacher to get to heaven. I just signed up with the way. And he said, You take me. You got a place in the city. I paid the rent. You wait when you get there. What a day. What a day to be reunited with the way, the truth, and the life. I wonder are you here today and you're trusting your good works and you think God's got to let you go to heaven? because you're such a nice guy. When will you abandon that lie and turn yourself over to Christ? Say, I need Christ. I do not know him. I'm not going to heaven. Oh, I've done good works. I've been a good husband, maybe a good father, a lot of good stuff. And that's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. You know what's so hard? I've told by men that pastor in the Bible Belt in the South, in Dallas, where I went to school, You know what's so hard back there? Everybody goes to church. It's the thing. You can't be a good banker and not belong to the church. Everybody goes to church in Dallas. But not everybody going to church is going to heaven. They're doing it for connections. They're doing it to look good in the public's eye. But they don't know him. And the pastors tell me, it's so hard to preach evangelistically Sunday after Sunday to nice-looking businessmen dressed to to kill look clean got the all the profile they can't be the kind that Jesus would ever let perish they just won't come to the way they won't come and say oh let me let me read this to you you will let me won't you thank you i know you want to go but you got I I just thought of this old hymn. Then we're done. Could my zeal, no respite, no. Could my tears forever flow. All for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. Nothing in my hand I bring simply To thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. Helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly. wash me, Savior, or I die. When the Spirit of God draws you to Jesus, you'll probably feel like the worst person in the place. Many have said that to me. I felt like the worst person in the place the day I was saved. Guess what? You end your trust in your own works, and you finally come to trust His work. It's His work for you. It's not your works for Him. That's what saves. Father, if there be anyone here that is trusting their good works, uh, their intellectualism, their uh, tolerance for all views, that Jesus can't be the way, I ask that you would show them Christ is the way, the only way to heaven, the only one to get us to the Father's house. Bring understanding, open the eyes of those who may not know you, but are religious, who on a human level are good, fine people, On a divine level, they're seen as sinners in need of Christ. Save. Save our children this week at VBS. Save our children. Use all of these adult teachers and workers to show these precious little ones Jesus. May they hear about Jesus and his death for them. Bless in our volleyball madness and our bungee soccer, our youth pastors outreach to kids we got a hook to get them here now may the gospel come out clearly and may the spirit of God grip their heart and let them come to be saved save 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 we don't want just programs Lord we want salvation we don't want to just uh, have music we want to have converts we don't want to just preach we want to see men and women turn from sin to Christ And you alone can do that. We're counting on you. We're counting on you. Do it in Jesus' name. Amen.